Hello, everyone, and welcome to this next episode of Raw Talks podcast from the farm with uh, me, Simba, and Mark. Hey, guys. Howdy. How are you all doing today? Doing well. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Got my healing hand songs. I'm feeling good. <laughs> yeah, today we're diving into uh, belief systems. So we did um, the first episodes on belief systems last week. So now we're following up with the most common but hidden belief systems that is blocking your healing. We will talk about that today. But before we do anything else, I just want to say we have one spot left for our men's retreat starting January 7. This There is a little bit delay before this is released, so it might already be taken. But let us know if you're interested. It's a retreat specially designed to uh, for men to come back to the healthy masculine on a physical, emotional, and spiritual level. So we already have three very interesting guys signed up. So we have one spot left. And the next cohort for the Holistic Lifestyle Redesign Mentorship Program, our six-month coaching program from your own home, starts um, February 4. So that's the new cohort opening up for maybe three or four spots. So if you're interested in that, let us know. Back to the show. So when it comes to belief systems, it is, so we have a process here at the farm for our retreats um, that is active when, so this is like a healing bubble, a healing vortex. And when you arrive here, you will be embarking on a physical detoxification that leads into an emotional detoxification and that leads into a spiritual detoxification. And when we talk about spiritual, we talk about a lot of things, but also belief systems. So we encounter a lot of people, very different people on their healing journeys. But what we also see is limiting beliefs that are standing in the way of people's, you know, in-depth healing. You can do a lot of things without um, doing anything with the belief systems. But when it comes to deeper healings and people who have um, bigger obstacles then we very often see a bunch of limiting belief system that is actually keeping people from moving forward. So we're going to just discuss those a little bit. So Simba, what's your favorite one? I've tried it all. I know what you're talking about. I've tried this already and it doesn't work for me. Oh, I did a few sessions with this person and yeah, it doesn't just, yeah. It's so much easier for everyone else. You know, there's so many of them, right? I, I don't yeah, really know which one to change. <laughs> but they're kind Pick of similar. One. Yeah. Pick one. Choose one and we will dissect it. I've tried it all and it doesn't work for me. So what is that about? What would you say? A lack of belief in oneself. And there is usually the discrepancy between I've mentally played with idea and made peace with it intellectually, but I haven't embodied it. I haven't let my body feel safe enough to actually do this journey, to approach this modality, to do this kind of deep healing work 
on on a physical level from your nervous system. So those are two very different things, right? Intellectually understanding the concept and making peace with that and being open for the idea of it and embodying it. Those are two completely different tracks. So I would say lack of safety and probably a disconnect mind and body. Mm. That's a good yeah. one. Anything to add yeah. on that one, Mark? Yeah, I mean, like Simba said, the nervous system is the main player in, in this um, belief system. And, uh, you know, let, let's say just for example, someone came to us and they said, uh, oh, yeah, I, I don't like to do breath work because it uh, gives me a headache and uh, I just don't think it's really good for me. But really what they're saying is that uh, my nervous system hasn't been safe in the past and uh, I'm not sure how breath work is going to make me feel. <laughs> So if we can ground their nervous system, then they might have a totally different experience on the breath work. But that limiting belief comes right in between and kind of cuts it off so that they don't have that experience until we help them ground a bit. Yeah. And the the fact that they have an, an experience like, yeah, I tried this and that modality, but that just gave me this pain or this headache or this this emotional symptom or you know like no i i did this and i got this symptom that means it it's not for me it just made me worse yeah and on that one i would say that um the symptom is a is a <laughs> is a is a ticket to the fact that it does work because right. energy starts to shift in the body and um for let's just do the headache for an example but that's the energy in the body traveling upwards and not having a place to go. So it's uh, and all kinds of symptoms, you know, doing different modalities. And that's the thing that that we have so much unprocessed stuff in the body. And when, when what we want to do in the healing process is to move it and we want to move it out of the system. And that might not always be super comfortable. And if you were doing different modalities with 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 different practitioners and it 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 ties back to maybe you didn't feel safe enough in that moment maybe the body wasn't able to release in that moment or maybe the practitioner didn't pay enough attention to you or read you properly or you know there can be all kinds of stuff that um that is um, playing a part in why it felt funny that time or yeah, because probably you didn't get the right support to, to, to navigate whatever happened in the body and, and then, Oh, I didn't feel safe. So no, I can't do that anymore. Maybe you weren't ready. Yeah. Right? Maybe you weren't ready. You know, and that's sometimes, fine too. We, sometimes we come from a conceptual idea. I need to mm. heal. I need to do this work and I just dive right into it. And that's great, but that's what's going on in the head and the body's like, mm -mm. <laughs> I'm not feeling safe. I'm not feeling in a place to do so. I'm not feeling that there is a communication going on here. I don't really feel this resonant compassion from you, right? And then it's not going to feel safe, right? That's probably why we're there in the first place. Mm -hmm. So you might have tried it, but it might have been ahead of time. Yeah. Being ahead of time, being in front of the curve, the healing curve, your own <laughs> healing curve. Do you have a favorite um, favorite one, Mark? Like something that you hear a client say that comes through or maybe something you said yourself coming in or? Yeah, one one that I catch myself often saying is like a, a limiting belief about a certain ability. 
I'm no good at yoga. I'm no good at, you know, like I, I can't do handstand. I can't do pull-ups. You know, like I, I often verbally say out loud a limiting belief about myself uh, when I'm encountered with something difficult or something that I find challenging. So I just make up this excuse and I say, oh, I'm no good at it. I just can't. I'm just not that. I'm just, I wasn't just born with that, with that ability. You know, we, and, and I think that I'm not the only one who does that, <laughs> but I, I know when I do it. I'm not born with the ability to do yoga. No. <laughs> Mark was bored without that one. No, the yoga functionality do not do not install that in this one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's Happy. it's it's um if you come from a nervous system perspective, it's very interesting because um most of the people who work with us know that we are nervous system nerds and that we always look at the nervous system in like the first thing we do but um so we have the green zone the fight or flight zone and then we have the the blue zone the red the freeze zone the dissociated state and uh one of the key aspect in there is i can't right so every time you say something that i can't do that then we are in a some sort of a freeze position and limiting ourselves with I mean, on many different levels, but this is mostly your area, Simba, to describe technicalities. Uh, I can't. Yeah, it's a distance between what you perceive is real and what you don't perceive is real, right? Like you might not have an experience in a model for it. So you might not even perceive yourself to be able to do something because there's no model for it. Like, uh, Let's make take an example in sports. I think I talked about it last podcast a little bit, but in sports, someone broke the record for two hour marathon or something like that. It was not too long ago. And then usually what happens in sports when this happens is that the next couple of two years, there will be 10, 20, 30, 40 people that do it, but no one has ever done it before, but one starts to do it. And then other follows because now there is a concept of it. There's a reality. You can do it. It's tangible. And that kind of goes the same for us. If we haven't done it before, we might not have a construct of that. And then usually adding, well, depending on where you come from, but you told me some some of this, uh, Mark, the physical education, right? Like in some schools, they push you and they have benchmarks and tests. So if you couldn't do it then, and you had a whole class looking at you, maybe laughing, or, you know, there might be an experience behind it that didn't feel safe. And that allows you to think, okay, when I see this, I combine that with lack of safety, shame, not feeling good enough and showing my vulnerabilities. So there might be a lot of layers coupled to that experience. It's usually not so much as, oh, I can't do this. I don't want to do it. There usually is a reason or some experience or a lack of experience that brings us to a state where it doesn't feel safe for us, right? It might not even feel safe to talk about it. It might just, just talking about it, I feel my breath going, right? Because the body is not feeling safe. It remembers something that wasn't safe, and then it replaces it. You might not remember it consciously, but your body knows it, and it doesn't want to go there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's easy for us to use examples about the physical body and your ability and your body, like yoga, stretching, this kind of stuff. Uh, but another area where I see it come up in is in like uh, talents. So like every once in a while we do an activity where I, I ask people to draw or to describe their talents on paper. Uh, and then sometimes I get a reaction like, well, I can't draw. I don't know how to do this. You know, how am I supposed to do this activity if I, if I can't draw? 
uh, you know, so like there's a, there's this limiting belief about creativity. Uh, so like musical ability and artistic ability tends to be one of those ones that we attribute to being uh, innate uh, or naturally born with. And uh, either you either have it or you don't have it, right? Is 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 a belief? I'm not sure it's the correct belief, but uh, it's it's a it's one that our society easily dishes out. And so we can easily tell ourselves, oh, I'm no good at drawing, no good at writing, no good at dancing, no good at X, Y, Z. So I think that there's a lot of societal excuses that um, allow the allow the limiting belief to perpetuate. Yeah, and this is not to be mistaken with the fact that we might not be very good at it. You know, there's a different thing. Like, I can't dance. Yeah, well, everyone can dance. You just put on music and move. It's just like, and like... Yeah. drawing yeah maybe, maybe you're not good at it but you can do it you know it's like there's two right. different things it's like i can't do it that's like a that's a huge block and then wow i i suck at this and that that it's uh, but what i what i see most with these things is that the it's the shame and the embarrassment right. of having someone else look at you while you do something that you're considering yourself being bad at similar what Simba said that that you know that something happened along the way that doesn't make it safe to I mean I've been like that until like five years ago I did not do anything that I wasn't good at I hated that so I didn't do it I tried it once and if I wasn't mastering it or had a talent for it within like the first minute then I just stopped walked away and like I don't want to do that and that was Let me ask you a question with that. This is sorry to interrupt. This yeah. is just super oh. interesting. What's the difference between not being good at something and I just don't know this? This is unfamiliar to me. Um I mean if if it's unfamiliar then you've never done it. I mean if you're not good at it you have tried it at some point because you have to f- know that you're not good at it. You know, if you never tried it you don't know. Right? Yeah, but what is it like? I'm thinking it's not a trick question. It's more when we, since we're doing a podcast on, on belief systems, right? I was thinking, what's the benchmark for not being good at it, right? There has to be something we're measuring ourselves <laughs> against to say, this is good. I'm not yeah. this. So yeah. I'm not good, right? Yeah. I'm different from that. But what is that benchmark? I mean, I think that varies in different. Uh, I mean, if, if, if we're talking about pull ups, I mean, if, Okay, I can't do one pull up, then I can't, then I'm not good at pull ups, you know. Mm. Uh, if drawing, I mean, if, if you try to draw a cat and it looks like something that you can't even recognize, then maybe you're not super good at drawing. I mean, I can draw a cat, but I can only draw one kind of cat. And I mean, but the, yes, the, no, the, mm-hmm. no, the, the, the two round balls <laughs> with. <laughs> <laughs> with the ears <laughs> yeah whiskers then it's, uh, it's a cat <laughs> no but <laughs> no i mean i i i i'm terrible at drawing but the thing that happened is that i worked through the shame and and the, the embarrassment of not being good at things because i mean that was very very high for me I didn't do it I was I I mean if you ask people who knew me like 10-15 years ago they know that I was very particular and very rigid with what I was participating in and what I was doing but now it's like I mean we did this drawing exercise one morning in meditation and I just like okay and I I just drew it and I I just had fun with it and you know there was a cat in there (laughs) 
<laughs> it looked great. It looked really good. <laughs> yeah, it did, but I mean it wasn't it wasn't um high level sketching, you know. I mean you look at someone, you know, when they can sketch like a whole face or you know, I mean people are just, you know, good at yeah. some things and I mean I've never I've never spent any time doing it, but now I don't feel I don't have that embarrassment anymore around these kind of things. I mean like I've never played any music, so if I play music, of course I'm gonna be I'm gonna suck at yeah. it, but I can participate and have fun with it. Yeah. I mean I, I'm I the do one think who's there's... trying to get karaoke into the to the menu. Yeah, we you are guys do are that. hesitating. And I'm, I'm like, warming up to it. Yeah, I'm like it doesn't matter, we <laughs> just sing, you know? Yeah. But I, I think, you know, coming from my background in education and working with children uh, for 20 years, um, I personally think that um, anyone can do anything should they practice and put their mind to it. Yeah. And so while some people have a proclivity towards music and proclivity towards uh, drawing, that just means that their interest is high enough that they practice a lot mm-hmm. and that they're drawn to practicing a lot and they find um, happiness in doing so. And so because they like practicing drawing, they get better at it and better at it and better at it. Yeah. Just like Sarah, you're really good at at marketing and coming up with big ideas and organizing. Sim is really great at body work. Why? Because you have years of practice into these things. If you were to practice drawing a cat every day, if I was to practice doing push-ups every day or pull-ups, we would all be better at those things. Yep. But I don't need to practice my cats because I'm super satisfied with how my cat is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a choice. You just you you decide whether you want to practice something or not practice something. But it, just because you don't practice something doesn't mean that you're bad at it. It just means that you yeah. haven't practiced it. Yeah, it's super simple. It's different levels also of doing it, right? Like uh, you have hobby, you have novice, you have beginner, you have expert level, you have professional, you have like recognized artist. I was really into this a couple of years ago, right? Because I, I came from martial arts into body work, massage therapy, personal training, and then I started to going into life coaching. In, and um, I, I really started to dig deep into motivation, right? Like, what well, what is that power of belief that actually makes someone go from, I can do it. For some people, it's just so easy. They can do anything. And for other people, they always feel like, you know, I have two left foots or whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to say it, like you always feel one step behind. And a lot of it comes down to, to that belief systems, right? Like of good or bad, right? Like, what does it mean? You know, of course, you're not going to be good at something if you haven't done it before. You know, why do we even expect that? Why do we even compare ourselves to someone that is? And yeah, I did a lot of research and a lot of study on it, a lot read a lot of books and met a lot of interesting people. And what I found out was that, you know, there is no such thing as talent. There are some people, like you said, have a proclivity to it. They just, they get it a little bit faster than others, but that ain't worth nothing unless you cultivate on that, right? You need to hard work. You need to kind of drive it forward for it to be something. And I think the way to do that is to make it, get the reward in doing the work, right? Practice feeling a reward in growing, in learning something adverse to, I did this, now I'm good. Now people can look at it. I can put this nice painting up. This cat is amazing. Oh my God, I wish I could draw like you, Sarah. Oh my, this 
is that just that gets no addictive and you just push it <laughs> further and further. <laughs> you get my point. Maybe my mom. She's she's worse than me. So oh, yeah, that I take that back. That wasn't true. That was a limiting belief system. That's okay. Right, moving on. We have more to do. Let's go. On. I'm gonna choose my favorite. Yeah. Drum roll. I will always feel like this. This will never oh. end. Mm. That I think that that's the number one when people are in the healing. And then, I mean, there's some of them that are like blocking themselves to move into things. And I think we covered those a little bit. But the one that is, uh, I will always be like this. I mean, I've had that one myself. So, and that they can, that can usually stick yeah. around for a while. Um, and it's that I I think that that's the trickiest one. I mean, you you change the will to I choose to, you know, mm -hmm. that's the main thing. The problem is you kind of driven so far out in the nervous system. You're more in apathy. You're more in the blue zone, right? Like you you're giving up. And when I say you're giving up, sometimes people go, "Oh, that's that's not really fair because it's not a." conscious choice and that's true it's not a conscious choice it's not you're not lazy you're not stupid you haven't done anything wrong but there's so much stress in the system that has given up right it's yeah the system has given up you as a person haven't given up you can be trying all you can but the system yeah just yeah so so on an autonomic nervous system level the body mm -hmm. has has come to a point where it's disconnecting right your mind is saying i can't do anything with all of the stress responses that's firing up to the brain so it shuts it down with endorphins, usually pain-killing, numbing agents. And I mean, really, it's about slowing everything down, I would say, in that one. Slowing everything down, doing a lot of grounding, because things are moving way too fast. And this is connected to procrastination, self-sabotage, you know, limiting belief systems of not feeling good enough or holding yourself back. And it's usually not yours. That's what I tell people. This is usually something you either put pieces together because of the nature you grew up in or someone told you, right? And you took it on as your own, right? So it's usually a conditioned response from the environment. And I mean, you can probably attest to that, Mark, being a teacher. You put a kid in a, from a classroom that's just being rowdy and having, you know, bad grades and fighting everyone. You put them in the right environment that, you know, they will take off. Something will yeah. change. Yeah. yeah. That uh, that that feeling, that thought of like, um, this is never going to get any better. Um, that it's it can be almost like a like a tunnel vision. Yeah. And uh, you know, this is what drives people to suicidal ideation. Mm -hmm. They just can't see out of that. There's that that tunnel is so dark and so narrow. It's never going to change. It's always going to be like this. I'm always going to have this problem, and then they don't see any way out. Yeah. I mean, that's the we. We haven't encountered anything like that in our, I mean, in all the years. That's, uh, but people who actually, you know, outside of this, I mean, that's the, the, the ultimate step if you if you if you just go too too deep and too dark onto that one. But I mean, what I experienced with because I had that for a long time, and you know that the Simba, I was like, this is it's I'm never gonna fix this. It's like I'm this is never gonna work. There's been some of the um, 
some of the some of my issues that I've had that that feeling in and around and then your response was that's the trauma you know the fact that I was about to knock you cold sometimes (laughs) (laughs) gave me those you know but what I realized now when I look back is that it's connected to so much anger and frustration and when I worked through the anger and the frustration, I actually let go of, oh, it will always be like this. That just disappeared. Mm-hmm. The symptoms for me is still there. there. There's something that hasn't really figured out for me yet. But the anger and frustration is not there anymore. I mean, it can come off like a little poof, but it's just not there anymore. So I think that the charge in and around the topic is as dangerous as the topic itself. You know, like it's the emotional connection and, and the, and the, it's like we're, it's, it's like I was creating a block by myself in and around. It was like, it's like an obsession. It's an obsession about something. Yeah. And. I had to let go of the obsession of the situation before I could, I can even address it in another way. But control, like yeah. really, you know, you can look at different spectrums. I mean, we, we don't have that kind of uh, mental health. I wouldn't say that we, that we work with when there's gone really long and there, there is like life, life ending thoughts or, or suicidal ideation, like Mark was saying there, but, it's a spectrum of, of loss of control. And that's really, you know, what it's about. You know, there is something that you can't do that's forcing you to a point where, where there is a attempt to regain control. And, and it's really, I just look at it as a continuum, right? And like you said, sir, it's usually a lot of suppressed anger. And as we know about anger or may or may not know about anger, it's a protective emotion, right? This is yeah. something that wants to protect us either from the outside or the inside, right? Physical body or ego body. So there's something that needs or is trying to express itself and protect itself, and it's not being able to do so. You're suppressed from environment, from your parents, not able to speak up, bullied, or, you know, it can be thousands of different variations for why it is like that, but it's something that doesn't come up and it's really fighting really hard. So I've seen in a lot of clients in terms of that apathy, as I call it, you know, wanting to give up and, and just disconnect and, 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 and they always go like, Oh, everyone else can start a business and a project and I can't do it. Why? And I'm like, well, you don't understand the level of stress you have. You're thinking stress as, Oh, I have, five kids, three businesses with 200 employees or like you're thinking stress like that, right? But that's, that's, that's one area of stress, right? You can have stressors inside of your body that's pressuring your nervous system to the point where you can't take anything else. Mm-hmm. So we can't add more in a situation like that. We can actually need to do less, kind of need almost to go into that bubble of doing nothing and really slowing mm-hmm. down and learning to see what is what because we probably don't see all the stressors that we have in life when this is happening. Yeah. Is okay. So I'm going to give you a question now, Simba. Is belief systems always because I'm, I'm when I look at when I when I feel into the belief system, it is about I can and I can't, right? 
usually with the, the with the self like uh, with healing what 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 I can do and what I can't it comes down to choices i would say mm. and you may not be aware of the choices because 80 to 90% come from your subconscious mind or your nervous system so your nervous system is an experience based system right the autonomic nervous system which means it has perfected its way of dealing with situations. We don't have to think about it when it happens. That's why a lot of things are instinctual. There are even programs in our body, like you touch your hand, put your hand on a hot plate and then you take it away, right? But then there are conditioned responses, behaviors from previous experiences that allows us to just, I don't have to think about it. I just respond. I just react to survive. Right. And that's great if you live in nature and you're hunting and you're like walking around and there's wild animals, but it's usually not so great in society at large today, right? Because we become triggered in environments and 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 then we become stuck, right? We become stuck mentally, emotionally, physically. So I really say it's about choices. And when we slow the speed down, you're aware to see what you were saying there, Sarah. You see I can't and I cannot do. We might not see the choices that we make because you made it so many times. There's no thought about it. Someone says something. Oh, you look fat. Instead of actually having a little bit of a pause between what was said, the trigger and your response. And when you start to get that pause, that's when you can start to change the behavior, right? Because my, what was, where I was going with that question is that it's a, it's a nervous system response. Because as soon yeah. as you're up in the blue zone, it's the I can't. But I mean, then we have other belief systems that are more like programming, like uh, generational stuff and cultural stuff. And like uh, in Europe, it's like, yeah, I don't eat. We don't eat this and this and this animals. Like we don't eat dogs. We don't eat cats. We don't eat, you know, monkeys. And then you go to Asia <laughs> and they're like, we eat this, we eat that. We don't eat. So it's like, um, yeah belief systems that can be super cultural and very like countries and uh generational from your family and things like that so then then it's not only um the nervous system but it's something that is repeatedly told to you as you are in in a certain state or in a certain age or i mean when you just travel with other people and you learn things but they can also be belief systems like yeah you can do this but not that and things like that and all of these are you're able to shift them if you want to that's the point like if you want to choose you can choose your belief systems that's the thing but think most people think that we are like born with belief systems or that they are set. But yeah. in the healing realm where we operate, you have to be able to look at the belief systems like, okay, what? why would I hold on to a belief system that is limiting me? And that can be a choice. But if there's something that you really work for, then being able to shuffle, shuffle a little bit with your belief systems can can give you exponential results in a very short time if you move the right ones. And that's all usually a bit tricky because people go, wait, what? I can do that? No, I can't do that. Okay, another belief system. 
It's like you can change into anything you want, but you have to be aware of it. You have to be aware of the fact that you have a limiting belief system in the first place. And that's where the mirroring and the, you know, why people come to the farm because they want us to show them what they, what kind of limiting belief systems that they have. It's really about standards when I look at that. You know, you said you have to want it. I mean, you can probably talk more about that than I do, Mark, you know, when they talk about like rock bottom and all of these things, but it's really just a standard. If I go below that standard, what I see my lowest limit is, either I see it or I don't see it. And I go below that and I make a choice and then, no, I'm not going to go deeper than this. You know, I make a choice and I want to come back from this. I want to change something. I mean, I know you've done a lot of like not going into details, but you've done a lot of deep changes in your life. What would you say of that when it comes to standards? Well, it's very easy for beliefs to become standards. And then it's very easy for standards to become morals. And then it's very easy for morals to become dogma. And um, then people subscribe to a belief system and that becomes their standard operating procedure. Um, and they, they, they do choose that. Like you said, Simba, it is a choice to adopt those belief systems or it's a choice not to question them either way. Um, and so these things can be flexible, um, but a lot of um, societies teach that morals should be something that are rooted and firm and, and non-changeable. Um, and so people get caught up in these unflexible beliefs and then they're confused about which of their beliefs can they shift and which ones can they not shift. Um, I think they're all shiftable. I think every belief can be changed and should be questioned. Question every belief that you have about every single thing to decide if it's something that you still, you still want and you still choose. Uh, when it comes to like, like in, in, for my example, hitting rock bottom and in, in depression and um, substance abuse, um, I got to a place in my nervous system where my morals didn't matter anymore. My standards didn't matter. My beliefs didn't matter. I didn't care anymore. And I just wanted to uh, end the suffering. And so I, I chose uh, substances as a way to escape that. Uh, and I got in that tunnel and I felt really closed off and ended up in the blue zone, just completely living life in the blue zone, disconnected from my body. And um, yeah, my beliefs were, I were kind of out the window and I had to rebuild an entirely new belief system, which has led me to where I am now. Mm. I think it's a very important uh, message that uh, the belief systems play a very large role in your life and they you can change them. Yeah. And um just by listening to this conversation and 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 realize that you know we mentioned this in the in the episode the previous episode but your current belief systems are what I mean it's it's the manifestation of your reality. Uh, among other things but um, you are already manifesting and if you shift your internal world then your external world will also change because it's connected to the belief systems and uh, I mean who we are on the inside is a hologram towards the outside so and um, it's deeply connected with the belief systems and uh, that there is hope that's what I want to send everyone mm -hmm. off with yeah, yes. definitely. I mean, it's like, uh, thank you for that, Mark. It's like, I think we said it the other day. It's, it's probably another topic, but like reverse manifesting, right? Like 
as much as you think something shouldn't happen and you're afraid of something will happen and, and you go think, I hope this doesn't happen mm -hmm. and everything, look how much that is happening in your life. And then imagine doing the opposite, how much you can bring yourself into something that you want to do, that you choose to do, that you're calling into your life, and then watch yourself start to move towards that. And that always happens. Like when I start working as a personal trainer, life coach, whatever I say, I work with people now, you know, all the different modalities and tools we do. Once they actually start to do something towards where the aim is, you know, where they what they're calling in it actually starts to happen they mm. actually start to move in that direction right it's just that we kind of the aim is like mark was saying the aim is a little bit off it's like it's here right and you kind of as a coach you guide them ask questions and then they start to see oh wow i can actually go this way and then i will start to go that way very cool any last advice any final words for this episode Yeah, I feel like we could do another episode on this topic, especially when it comes to like worthiness. Are you worthy of healing? Are you worthy of this experience? I think that that that's a deep one. And another one was like, um, there's something wrong with me. Yeah, that one. Okay, <laughs> let's do this one. Before we okay. say, there's something wrong with me. There's I, Okay, Simba. There's something wrong with me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's wrong. Uh, so that's shame, right? There's most likely shame. It can be other emotions too. I'm not saying it's always like this because it's never one emotion alone. There's a plethora of emotions, right? But if you just play around with the concept that shame is probably the driving one in this is a lack of willpower to accept yourself as you are, not for what you have done, but for who you are. There is a norm that I, whatever I deem myself to be, cannot conform to, cannot upfill, don't like, don't want to do, and everyone else is doing it, but I can't, right? Mm -hmm. So there's usually like some kind of exclusion that is going on. We're excluding ourselves because we're not good enough, we're not worthy enough, we're not doing what everyone else is doing. And it's highly related to the environment you grew up in or where you're at, right? So that's why when people start to travel and get perspective and see other people, you know, go to your friends' households and see, well, everyone is not doing that. Maybe that's just happening in my family. Start to kind of get that perspective and you can start to see that there are different ways of doing it, but you might still carry that shame, right? And, and shame, in my experience, is the one emotion that brings people into blue zone to dorsal vagal, the mm. shutdown, right? Because... They can't handle it. Like the, the nervous system can't handle the stress. So it just shuts down to be able to cope because the whole environment is feeling threatening because I don't feel that I belong. Mm. I feel like I'm under a threat. Hmm. I wonder if that was uh, because uh, for many years, while I was still living in the matrix without having, you know, opened up for so much knowledge that I have now. And I really want to emphasize that it's knowledge. It was just information that I didn't have, that I didn't have access to. And my health was going down. My happiness was going down. My stress was going up. And I couldn't, I have to say, figure out what was wrong with me. And I felt like I'm probably sick or something because this is, it, it, this is not right. It can't, this can't be normal. 
this can't be it. Like this can't be the way that I'm supposed to be. And that's yeah. what uh, um, what was with me because I was like, there's something wrong with me. And now looking back, I realized that I was just blocked for information. My whole being was looking for something that wasn't available to me at that point. Um, because there was things going on in myself that I didn't have any information about. I didn't see anyone around me uh, working with these things. I didn't, and I was very interested in health and and like nutrition and fitness and, and all of these things, but I couldn't, no one was talking about these things that I could find. And I didn't have access to the information that I have now. And that was one of the main reasons why I actually left Sweden, because I felt there's something wrong with me and I need to find what out what's going on. And in this environment, I cannot. So that that's when I left because but but for me, looking back with there's something wrong with me was that I just didn't have access to like the nervous system information. Like and this is this. I mean, it's starting to to be. We've, we've I've been here for a couple of years now. I mean, I'm I'm on seven years, and and seven years ago when we started doing these things, people thought we were a little bit nuts <laughs> because they thought we joined a cult. They thought we um, were doing just woo woo spiritual things. And you know, as the years go by, when I go to Sweden, they have all the modalities that we have on different you know, like spas or, you know, there's just, there's nothing strange with what we do. And science has kind of catched up and, and, yeah. and the spiritual and the, and the, the science is meeting. And I mean, no one's is questioning the, the role that the nervous system plays and things like that. So it was just information that I didn't have access to. That's how I see it looking back now. And of course, shame in it because I wasn't able to fix it. Yeah, that's a good example, sir. All right. Yeah. That's it for today. That's it. Read all about it. Extra, extra. Livingwiththespirit.com <laughs> uh, If you have any questions about limiting beliefs or uh, if there's something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> if you perceive something yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Let us know and uh I'll see you next week. Thank you everyone. <laughs> Thank you.